Charlie Rob, Kieran Boy, thank you so much for being guests on the OTT Red Spotlight podcast in conjunction with Bedrock. Here we are at IBC 2023. We're a few hours in. How's it going for you so far? Super cool. Yeah. 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 Shall we get back together in four days' time? See how many pairs of trainers we've worn, how tired we feel, and I'm looking looking forward to our own days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. We're going to be talking about embracing hybridity. And from the conversations that I've already had with both of you, number one, I know just how much subject matter expertise you're going to bring to this conversation. And number two, I'm slightly worried about how wide this conversation might get. We ended up in an astronomy conversation last time we spoke about this. I'm not even joking there, and I'm absolutely serious. So uh, let's try not to get too wild with the analogies. I'll probably be the most guilty of that if it does happen. But uh, let's go for it and let's see well and let's see how the conversation goes. First of all, I'd love for you to just give a brief introduction to yourself so that people who are listening get a feeling for who you are, what you do now, who you work for, and what your posture is on this topic. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so my name is Charlene. Uh, I'm VP Product at Bedrock uh, today. Um, I'm an engineer uh, and I've been working for the product management for more than 10 years. Um, and specifically in the field of uh, media industry and streaming uh, for seven years or so. Um, and super happy to be here today to talk about hybridity because it's a huge topic that we uh, we are working on at Bedrock for more than two years now, I think. We started uh, two years ago. Um, and yeah, so that's it. Great. Uh, and I'm Karen Boyd. I'm a research analyst at uh, Coretta. I've been with the company for about a year now. We're quite, we're quite young, actually. We were a pandemic baby, as uh, my bosses like to say. And uh, before which I actually worked for IBC. So uh, oh, really? this is homecoming in a in a different sort of way. Uh, my knowledge is a short way. I do know all the shortcuts and I, I know all the places to, to meet people that might otherwise be hiding out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, my, my background is more in market analysis. So I'm the one who is going, hmm, fast, that's a trend. Let's talk about that. Uh, <laughs> and then very swiftly going, well, maybe it was quite what we thought it was going to be. Um, so, yeah. I'd actually love to have that conversation with you because I kind of feel like fast days one of those. One of those it was things. a very fast trend. Let's yeah, yeah, fast was a fast trend. I'm also conscious of the background noise. I think as more people arrive in, we might need to keep our mouths okay. close to closer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so look, let's just start off by setting the stage. What is hybridity? Hmm. That's a. Um, no, there's a question. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a big question. Um, what I will start, but for me, I read it is more like the, um, I will see that as a survival response uh, for complex markets that we're facing today in the whole uh, streaming platform industry. Um, there's a kind of need uh, to find new ways uh, to get revenue because we, uh, I mean, all streaming platform are facing the. Um, sort of a fatigue of the subscription um, because uh, I don't know if you know but uh, I think there is more than 300 platforms uh, around UK, US and Europe. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, how do you do uh, to choose and pick the one you would like uh, with the company that you would like? It's, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's too wide. 
and uh, people they definitely cannot buy uh, all that type of uh, platform and uh, subscriptions um, fees and I think they can only be average for friends for example it's no more than two uh, subscription for for one user yeah so it brings uh, kind of we're facing a, a glass ceiling uh, and that the creativity to find new ways of uh, attracting people uh, giving them what they want that they would like uh, the type of content but also more about features and comfort comfort in the way of consuming um, so yeah it's a kind of response of how do we net people back uh, and how do we track more people more and more people mm. I mean the topic of hybridity is just so innately interesting because I think one of the things that media and entertainment is quite, or broadcast is quite guilty of is that we think we're creating new things and new opportunities that have really existed all along. So, you know, there's a very big resurgence at the moment of thinking about advertising revenue and like how can we get more advertising revenue. But of course, advertising revenue is how broadcasters have been making money for the longest period of time. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I first uh, started focusing on this market, the big thing was, oh, subscription revenue. Now that's that's where all the money is. But of course, prior to that, you have KTV operators who have been sending out set-top boxes, which is effectively a subscription. Um, and so we just seem to, as we get new technology on board and we start to think about what the opportunities are in terms of uh, you know, interacting with our audiences and owning those relationships, we're like, ooh, this is a, a new way of doing something which is effectively, you know, an old principle, but a new way of doing it that's either more efficient or that, you know, you can monetize it at a, at a higher level. Um, and so I think it's exploring these avenues technologically in a way that we, you know, because the big driver, of course, is the competition in the market, like you mentioned. I mean, France has a two subscriptions. That's crazy luck. Um, yeah, it is. That's what I thought, actually. Yeah, because the U.S. market is, is five, I think. Yeah, at least. So, But also, I mean, there's, there's more opportunities here. You know, we have super aggregation. So is it that users want one bill? but they're willing to pay for more subscriptions, but they just want one, one single bill, yeah. pay point of payment. So hybridity, I think, it's just this mixture of all of these different avenues mm. of communicating with your clients. And, you know, obviously, because this is business, there has to be a bottom line here. Yeah. Um, and so it's thinking about what are all the different touch points that we can interact with our users. And hopefully all of those will bring either a very... Uh, a very lucrative return or perhaps it's even something very you know the the return is much smaller but because you have scale it's actually quite lucrative for the broadcaster so yeah hybridity is a very interesting and well obviously that's why we're here but uh, it's a very interesting like topic from podcast there called the revenue renaissance yep and what you were just talking about it just keeps getting reinvented reinvented one of the things that we spoke about, you know, for me is hybridity can exist on so many different axes. You know, like we're talking about the kind of platform provision, there's also the hardware element of it, and then there's this layer around the outside of it for me that is actually about what's the, what does the future hold? We talked about gamification, AR, you know, so it's a topic that just keeps growing and growing. So I think we need to be careful not to take up too much time at the federal stand. Actually, talking about all of the things that can be, oh, you probably know that. Let's let's look at um, what the drivers 
of hybridity are. You know, you spoke about revenue from a provision perspective in terms of the organizations behind creating propositions. But actually, if you look from a consumer perspective, Kieran, there might be different angles when it comes to what the market is creating in terms of the gravity of demand. Mm-hmm. Is, there anything, is there anything that you saw in terms of the gravitational pull of different things that create hybridity? I mean, it depends very much, I think, on what market you're talking about. The, geographically or demographically? Yeah, geographically and demographically. Um, I mean, you know, we always talk about the U.S. market, but the U.S. market is really its own its own insular thing in itself. Um, I think from a global perspective, we often look as the, at Europe as being this one homogenous market, but there are enormous differences depending on, on what country you're in. Um, I recently read something... Uh, which was talking about how 80% of uh, television sets in the EU Big Five are connected to the internet currently. But in France, for example, 70% of that is still through set-top boxes, yeah. whereas the other four markets, it's all smart TV. So there, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of nuances within these markets. Regulation is also changing around you know, demand for local content. That is going to change the way that... Uh, the global streamers interact in these markets. Obviously, economic conditions across the world are very challenging at the moment. And that not only affects the consumer side, but it also, I think, affects the decisions that content owners and broadcasters are making in relation to potential new services and where they're going to focus in on um, and maybe the urgency around deploying some new tech that might have typically taken sort of 10 years in an RFP to deploy. They're looking at doing these things faster because there's a lot of urgency at the moment in in just the global content market. I mean, we're seeing so much on the U.S. side around the righteous strike and how that might put... that might impact potential linear advertising. So, there, I mean, there really is just a lot going on in, in the market at the moment, both on the consumer side and the commercial side, that I think is driving changes at a much more rapid rate than, than you maybe would have seen previously. What, what do you think, Charlie? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree, and I think there's this kind of a rush uh, to be closer and closer to the, the end consumer. Um, and the thing you were saying about the uh, friends, but not only friends. I think all the distribution uh, contracts that we have, we may have with the operators and the, uh, all this um, regulation around who owns uh, the final user and so where um, we can make new kind of deals. Yeah. Um, you, we were saying that now more and more platforms, they just bend on together uh, to make sure that because the, the final user, the, I mean, all of this, it's a uh, kind of a mess for him. I mean, uh, you don't really want to understand, okay, I need to pay this di- distributor to access this kind of platform, but then I can pay by myself directly on the way for another type of platform. And at the end, you only want to pay one thing. Um, and so it brings, that's one of the driver. I mean, how to make it clearer also to the final user, uh, but still to be closer to them. So how we make a path uh, between everything and so I think this this is one of the things right because the UI the user experience on the consumer side of things we all want to keep that as simple as possible right and as easy for the person to understand navigate discover all of those kind of things but actually it's getting more and more complicated to work out what to do on the back end of things and then the tech stack involved with doing that as well I think we mentioned into AI and that sort of stuff 
Does that help things or hinder things? Who is it that makes things more complicated for? For now, um, it helps at the end. Uh, but I agree, there is a form of uh, how we make sure that we don't uh, create something too complex for the end user at some point. Um, and I think we pass through uh, a phase where uh, they don't, they don't, they need from the platform like a kind of uh, platform helping uh, on the where to search, how to accept the proper content. Um, and that's also part of the hybridity. I mean, it's uh, hybridity in the experience because uh, it's not only accessing a catalog where you basically just uh, know where to find or you're using the basic features that you, we've seen for years uh, in, the, in the basic VOD uh, platform, let's say. Now with the AI, uh, people are more passive yeah. uh, and they are waiting for um, the platform to speak by itself and to bring the content directly to them. Um, this is why I think Fast is also a good example of a mix between hybrid models in terms of revenue and this uh, passive way of consuming that people are looking for. Yeah. Um, so this is why the drivers are really combined. Uh, it's uh, also linked to the way people want what they want to consume and how they want to consume. Um, so, it, but it brings more uh, a lot of creativity, I think, on the our way to define new revenue model based on that, because we can definitely use uh, the direct uh, feedback from uh, and, and and even from us uh, our way of consuming things. Yeah, I, from my perspective, if I think of your accountability at Bedrock. I think it's a really tough job because it's really polarized because on one side you've got this massively creative space with all of these influencers that you need to think about and consider and then on the other side it's remarkably objective you know how are we going to make sure that the bottom line contribution is as healthy as possible not only for bedrock for, but for the organizations that are choosing to use bedrock as their platform you know how, how do we strike that balance on a daily basis I, i'm not sure when. How do we manage the complexity of all these who escape? That's the, the yeah. question. Yes, it's not easy. I drink a lot of coffee at Bedrock. <laughs> yeah, there must be some for that. Yeah, in fact, uh, when we entered the hybrid era, uh, I thought at first that it would be easier for us uh, because hybrid means everyone's going into the same kind of type of platform, which is a piece. But in fact, uh, we've understood that, that uh, depending on where you come from, uh, if you were a subscribing platform at the first or you were more um, advertising platform at first, uh, the main goals are not the same. And so even if at the end, uh, we come up with an hybrid context, with an hybrid um, uh, platform for both, uh, finding it's both ways of doing it. some point, we. We would like to link more than sound to have a subscribe uh, the subscribe um, offers, and on the other way around, it's uh, how we make sure that we use the proper advertising and levers, uh, not push too much, uh, but how it how it would make it make more powerful um, to bring more revenue on that part. So it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's always how we build like a core bedrock platform, but using all these kind of use cases, uh, yeah, quite complex. But I think, you know, the thing that strikes me about that is that this really does go back to the earlier point that you made about having that closer relationship with your end user 
And even, you know, when we're looking at an AI and the way in the back can be applied, I mean, we're gathering more data on our end users than we ever have. And they're more about, about their habits and their spending and their niche interests. And there is so much data and insights that you can get from understanding their experiences. And then the way to be able to adapt our user experience and serve them the types of apps that they might like. Or uh, perhaps somebody is a, a binge watcher and they, they love to watch, you know, time clock sets over the course of the weekend. Understanding how to serve them ads in that particular environment based on their specific sets and then banding that up with the right kind of ad insertion with the right kind of ad entry. I mean, it is such a powerful combination. Yep. Um, and users are fickle. Like we, the, the great thing about this industry is that we all use the platform that we talk about. So we know the types of things that irritate us and the ways that we like to consume that content. And we could all probably name 15 platforms that we've seen that have served us bad ad experience. And that we're like, I mean, I can think of a couple UK ones where I'm like, I will not watch that platform because it keeps serving me the same ad that is two and a half minutes long. And it has been doing that for four years. It's the same ad. Uh, and so understanding what users want and, and building a plan that's responsive to that, you can only win. Yes, exactly. That is key. Yes. And uh, all the this hybrid mix of offering that we have now in platforms should be based on what the local users, uh, they want to consume and how they want to consume. Are uh, you... Um, uh, you noticed, but when Netflix they launched the first uh, the first streets here, I think it was in uh, in Africa, in some countries in Africa. And when they decided to create this uh, free tier, uh, at first the how they wanted to make people buy the paid tier uh, was to attract with one specific feature, which was the download to go. Yeah. And why is that? It's because there, uh, the old connection is not that easy. And so people are really used to uh, download content to make sure that they can consume it uh, quite uh, simply. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they specifically target on this feature to make people, I mean, once they attract the people with the free content, uh, the free um, the free tier, to make them upsell with this specifically feature. And I think it was brilliant. So now that uh, also Netflix is doing, uh, you know, with the own, uh, when you consume the same account and you share the password yeah. now they're blocking that yeah. because everyone is using this feature so it's uh, exactly how we understand people use the platform in terms of feature and content and how we create the proper upsell levers yeah. and where we want people to go i mean consuming more ads or uh, being a paid user and it, if sorry if you if you even think about that one step further one thing that we're we're not quite there yet, but I think as an industry, we're very close, is dynamic content insertion into things like fast streams. Imagine if somebody served you a fast channel that was specifically the kinds of random, the random app that we all watched. Yeah. But we're too embarrassed to admit it in like a forum like this. No one wants so to talk about it. So you've been watching like the same app for the last four years. <laughs> well, I didn't want to out the book, but so I won't. But... You know, and, and when you think about the, the fact that we now also have the opportunity with Gen AI, which everybody, nobody wants to talk about yet, because we haven't really got a good answer, but everyone is looking into this. But 
the way that we can then leverage technology like that to make this scalable, where you're not having to pull manual levers to do this for your audiences, it just happens, and it happens flawlessly. Now, I mean, again, I, I think we're on on the edge of something truly incredible for the industry that, that is about to happen in terms of viewing experiences that are tailored just for us. Um, and it's going to be a good thing for users, obviously, because we're going to get what we want um, down to the T. And it's going to be really great for tech companies and broadcasters because they'll be able to monetize this to the nth degree. Let, let, let me just challenge that. Diplomatic, if I can. Let's go. How fundamental or how dramatic do you think that change is going to be? I think a lot of people are waiting for that change. You know, like, if, well, we are because we're in the sector, right? And we know that things should evolve. But I'm really interested because as an analyst, you think that we've got VP of product for one of the leading organizations in the space where that's, you know, how revolutionary is that change going to be? Because I think it could be massive. I kind of agree with him, but I wonder whether or not it is going to be massive. Well, having, okay, so I'm the one who brought it up. So I suppose I've (laughs) got to like nail my colors to the flag here, but so. There is an example that I'll give. So prior to my life in media and entertainment, I was on the digital publishing side and they were talking about programmatic ad creation there where the specifics of a display ad were individually created for you based on the user browsing data that they had um, gathered on you up until that point. That has still never happened. Yeah. Um, and I think one of, one of the hiccups I think in the market that we have is that we want to believe that everybody's pushing the envelope and yeah. that people are really going to take this as far as they possibly can. But when you're actually looking at the companies that are willing to try this new tech to the level that it will need to be, uh, like somebody needs to build a use case for this, that everybody else can go, they did that really well and it didn't cause them to wash the share price or it didn't cost them X billions of dollars. Um, and there's a handful of those companies that are going to do it. Whereas the vast majority of the market, even like Europe, I mean, broadcasters who have the highest market share in their markets, it might only be like 2 million people, which for a company like Netflix is nothing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the operators in those markets will say things like, you know, we're too small for Netflix to even want to do an integration with us. So, you know, the scale, it might be an issue. But I think... The revenue squeeze and the potential that we're seeing around Gen AI, I, I think, I think we might get there. But I want to hear what Charlie yeah. thinks about this. Come on, Charlie. Hey, like, our team is the one that's building. It. You're going to do it. You're the spearhead. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gen AI. Uh, no, for me, I really see that as a good one. As I said before, a survival opportunity uh, to be more creative and to kind of see where we go um, because uh, well I have a feeling that at some point it will end you know there will be too much to this uh, space uh, of um, generative AI everywhere uh, that will blow um, I don't know if you've um, on the personalization part for example um, I don't know if you noticed, but we are kind of forcing people to consume the same kind of uh, content because you've seen, I don't know, romance around. You have all romance in your uh, personality. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
And it's not that good, in fact. We're pushing too much into people in boxes. Yeah. Uh, and to get a side of this, uh, you know, uh, kind of, yeah, um, it's uh, it's difficult. And uh, I think we will need still that uh, the platform can speak by itself and not only trying to be too much in the, to the personalization world um, so that we can make sure that um, people get access to what they should uh, also know about the world uh, yeah. and not to be too into I mean I've never thought of it like that before but you're right you know if the models or algorithms aren't deep enough to actually give people you know access to what's in the peripheries of their vision then you just keep getting fed the same stuff and then that becomes a kind of inch wide mile deep type content that your screen is full of from every different provider this is what I mean, you know, about the excitement around hybridity for me. It's like, yep. actually, the big thing that could be coming, I really hope that the big thing is coming because it could be something that makes people go, wow, this, this is yeah. amazing. Well, I, the, the challenge, I think, is, is always going to be around the data, right? Because yeah, it's, it's the way that you are able to analyze your data and create sort of clever matchups that make sense for your users. So to a large extent, that will depend on your content library, obviously, like you can only recommend what you have rights to. Um, but the other side of it is being able to, instead of manually figure out what your metadata is or worry that you're you're overpopulating your metadata library to an extent that you're kind of getting recommendations for everything instead of something that is relevant to you. It's such a fine, fine balance. Um, and I think that's, you know, any analytics company will, you know, there's a reason these things are proprietary and why, you know, the research that we do at Caressing and found that analytics is one of the, the biggest things that people constantly outsource because it is so complex. Yeah. Um, and there's also a reason why we've been talking about personalization and, and analytics on the front end since the beginning of, of streaming, really, because it's really, really challenging. Um, and users pay a lot of attention to it. Like, if there's a ribbon that you are served on your streaming platform that's not relevant to you, people are like, what is, why? I've got, I've got one more question to ask both of you, but before I ask that question, so in reality, I've got two of them. I just want to touch on fast. You know, it's been such a big topic over the course of the last couple of years. You know, what does it represent to you in the context of hybridity? You know, it's something that's a, kind of exploded. I think that one of the springboards for this topic was the interesting Netflix results that came out a couple of years ago that they mentioned the word fast. Everyone on LinkedIn was talking about fast. You're shaking your head there. It seems like you've got a strong posture on this one. What does fast represent in the context of hybridity to do that? Um, well, first of all, fast, uh, forest, it's, it's forest bedrock. Um, we've seen that as a, you know, it's a buzzword of something that already existed for years. They're just coming from the Australian Senate. Yes, but the she's just done it. <laughs> but it's coming from the US where they were not really used to this all um, advertising revenue model. So I think this is why. Uh, and we're always looking at the US. And that's probably also why we took that as a wow, uh, let's do this. But we're already doing this, by the way. Um, but when you link that to the hybrid uh, context, um, like for us, it's more to see it not only on the advertising uh, and way to monetize a channel, basically, but more as a new way 
to create uh, content um, which is not a live uh, channel already existing, like a classic channel, but more a new way to present content for the, for the user and so to redress this uh, I read hot revenue model, but high read way of consuming. Yeah. Uh, when I talked uh, just before about this uh, old way of seeing a streaming platform, which is basically just accessing a catalog, there we are really pushing uh, to the user not only your recommendation, but a cool channel, which is based on the content we, I think in the future, will be the content you may like, uh, all uh, in a kind of playlist uh, way of consuming. Um, uh, I think it's a great point to wrap up our dialogue for today, to say thank you so much for your interaction in the OTT Red and Bedrock Streaming podcast. And so I hope you really enjoy IBC 2023. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
Sweet, how sweet will I use it? 